This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and of course, Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd Kido, of Kido. the Chelsea Fancast. And Chidgy, it's been a bad week because <laughs> so it has it ever. They put you in Twitter prison. No, this is appalling. Well, not me personally. <laughs> Actually, probably more importantly, they they have put the entire Chelsea fancast uh, Twitter account into Twitter jail. But uh, I was trying to update the profile last night, and you know I'm a bit you know old and tired and have fat fingers, and I, I managed to I think because it all happened so quickly. You know, it's like being arrested in the middle of the night without any preparation at all. But I basically managed to, I think, change the date of birth to something that was under 13, because that's the cutoff. And they, they said, we've locked your account. Do not move. Is there a way we have of... a gun pointed at your head. Can you rectify this? Well, I had to send them off some proof that I am, in fact, the old codger that I am. Well, I was about to say, surely you could just show them your tweets well, remembering Chelsea players exactly. from 1923. No, but I think here we go. Actually, this could be a bit of a chid rant about modern society, because basically, can you get hold of a human being? To explain this predicament, can you hell? It's all automated tweets, emails, people. Robots. You want to punch them in the face. Hard. Algorithms and Jack robots. Jack Dorsey, I'm coming for you, mate. That's the that's the end of it. Jack Dorsey, what do you mean, the band leader of the thirties? He will be a band leader by the time I finish with him, mate. <laughs> Clever, witty. Well, it wasn't just a frustrating <coughs> week in terms of Twitter. Well, in fact, actually, Twitter are the Burnley of the social media world, aren't they, really? <laughs> no, in, they don't. Stark arts, dirty tricks, time-wasting. It's all there, mate. Ooh. And a bit of, you know, a few kind of reducers just to, you know, finish you off, really. So in t- they have to have a, a person in, uh, in black to help them as well. The man in black. Yeah. And that was the referee, of course. Who was it on? Uh, Kevin Mother? Friend. It was Kevin Friend. I've forgotten already. It was disastrous. He was awful, he wasn't was yeah. worse than awful. No, and you know about this because you're a qualified uh, referee. Oh, my goodness me. I think they just choose five. Five minutes. It doesn't actually matter how many minutes were wasted. They'll choose five because they don't want to offend anybody. 
So it didn't matter how many times. The amount of cramp, you kept thinking, they must be the unfittest team in the whole world there. They've fallen down every five minutes, they fall down. And the rest of the players go off to the sideline and have a drink. It's completely illegal. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's football at the end of the day, isn't it? So what else has but happened? It's not football. Week? What's that to do with football? Well, no, it's, modern, well, look, well, it's modern football. No, 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 no. See, I'm not actually going to ha- give Burnley or Dyche a hard time about this because, you know, we've done this enough times. And f- as far as I'm concerned, it's part of football. If you're going to blame anybody, and I think that's possibly where you blame might the be ref. going, you blame the ref. Of course. He's there to stop it. Indeed. He's there to sort it out. Indeed. But you can't, I mean, you know, this is modern football. They're going to do it. Everybody, Bournemouth did it to us. Uh, yeah. But we do it too. Everton. We do it too. Not to the extent, I've never seen okay. players go down with cramp as much. Jonathan, I've seen Mourinho do Miguel it. Miguel Delaney's article a few you weeks ago, before Liverpool the away. Liverpool match, yeah, he, 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 he coached them on how to did, waste time right, from the first minute, 17 different ways. He did. We do it Only too. 17. Well, I think, I don't know, I'm just pulling that out. You here. chose that from the ether, You're, didn't you? 17. So we do it too, so I'm not going well, really to say we, we, we used to do it. I don't think we have the nous at the moment well, that's to do it. another because we problem. Because we have a, 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 a completely naive manager. Poor game management. Man. Yeah, you both. You both sound outraged, not just by Twitter. Do you feel that you were hard done by against Burnley? No. Not in the least. No, I, no, I don't, no, no, you're hard done said, by by the know, referee. No, this is a way of playing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, How, I mean, what was Champions it? David, David Lewis said like it. Yeah, the, the, we, indeed we did. Yeah. So it's legitimate. No, no, it, it's terrible. It's, no, it's, no, it's within it's, the it's laws. P- it's part of the game. But the referee like, like, should like, stamp on it. There should be, you know, I'll, I'll go on about this for ages. There should be an independent uh, timer of the game, which I think they're considering, yeah. who sees these things because they they sort of lumber a friend lumbers about and misses the fact well, that friends are rubbish. It's just rubbish. But you, how on earth have they managed? Why doesn't the yeah. the assessor in the stand say? Actually, you got that completely wrong. I know. I know. You know, this, this constant business, they've got to do something about taking goal kicks. They just cheat. The, the idea originally was that goal kicks were, were you, they said you could take a goal kick from anywhere because originally uh, goalkeepers used to take the ball to the other side where the ball had been and waste time. So they said, take it from anywhere. So what they do is they go the other side to where the ball, where they feel like it. And then they move it around a yeah, bit nice. and then they take ages. And that becomes time wasting. I, I want, here's a question though for you as a qualified referee. As a qualified you know, referee. One of the things I hear most uh, you know thrown most at referees in terms of criticism particularly from ex-players is well the trouble is they just don't know the game because they've never played it so I actually wonder how how fully aware they are of all of these dark arts that are being employed week after week after week by most football teams. Well I think another thing to be said is I don't think they're bright enough lots of these these referees I don't think they look at the game um, uh, forensically to notice yeah. what is going on. Otherwise, well, we they, would, they would have stamped upon it. Well, yeah, we know, and we've played the game, but what, at park, well, or park level? Ropley Tigers they never, is hardly they an never elite level football player, No, no, right? but nonetheless, you, I don't think you need to have played at that at that well, that's why high level to understand but I get this with some managers on. too. Why? I mean, I can see stuff going on on the pitch. Why can't they? You know, it's just... It's bewildering. Well, it's, I suppose it's because they allow it. It's permissible, right. isn't it, within the professional game? Perhaps it's that they think, no, well, that's under, that's allowed. Whereas it's not for us as a, a viewer. Perhaps it's a viewer, uh, a crowd thing. You're looking at thinking that shouldn't be taking place, and the players are thinking, no, that's fair game. Do you think with these referees, it's as straightforward as intellect, or is there a pressure aspect as well, where they have the crowd baying, they've got everyone at home on Twitter sounding oh, off, hard to deal with? Well, I, I, I'm sorry to damn them by saying they're all a bit thick, but I think what I, <laughs> what I, what I mean by Say what it you is, mean, what, I, what I mean by it is, I think that they <clears throat> they give in, they they're unwilling to stick themselves uh, ahead of 
other referees. I think they do what is required of them. If Oliver was the only one who stuck his head above the parapet when he sent off when he, Herrera, when he sent off Herrera, when because they were serial yeah. fouling, and he mentioned it, at the, and he since hasn't really applied yeah. it. In this, so perhaps he's bound to yeah, pressure. You, You're bound to peer pressure, obviously. You say that. And yet, one of the biggest gripes we have against referees is the fact that they're all completely inconsistent. One referee will give a decision for something and another one won't. No, but I think they're consistent over time-wasting. They're consistently rubbish, They're consistently mate. rubbish over time-wasting. Well, no, well, I, keep, I keep mentioning this five-minute thing that they come up with. It's five or six. They, they, well, weirdly, Fer, Fergie, of course, got seven and eight minutes and oh, everybody, was, everybody despaired of it. But it, it doesn't make any sense to me as to why. He'll do that thing occasionally of, of touching his watch. But, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the crowd with my, with my, I mean, rather pathetically and nerdily, I start my, my watch, I but start it, my clock it, on the phone and I go, that's a minute and a half. That's but, an extra minute and a half. And the, and the three substitutions, that's six substitutions, minute and a half, and we've had three or four minutes more so it should be seven or eight yeah, minutes but it, it beggars belief that a referee doesn't have a, a, a you know enough of a grasp of the game to understand that Burnley are going to try and time waste from minute one indeed and and particularly if they score a goal early which they did you know he, he why why can't they why don't they know that anybody knows that there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest that know that why doesn't he it's ridiculous well, that's exactly my point. Why aren't they applying that aspect of the laws to it? Why aren't they applying well, they, common because sense? It, but, it's, it, but also, it, it, it's ungentlemanly conduct. It's completely... There's a big... But that's know, the that's, point. That's it's, in Bookham, there. it's the point you know, you're making, Bookham Jonathan, but it's just not cricket. Well, I'm afraid... Well, that it's I, not. It's I, football. I, I, but no, but I, I play a lot of cricket as well, <laughs> and, and I have the same thing. I'm always saying to people, well, look, I, the over me, I don't play the example. game like this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, yeah, but that's the same in cricket, mate. Look at the overrates, the slowing down what they do there, tying the bootlace. Mate, every professional... This is my point. It's part of the game. So the ref has right, to be the exactly. person to deal with it. It's like, I hate the fact that Salah is a diving cheat, but that's modern football. He's not the only... Apparently loves you. He's not the only diving cheat. Every team has diving cheats. Yes. It's up to the referees to get the decisions right. There's even right. a player called cheat. Diving cheat, isn't that's, there? That's the place for Liverpool, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. No, the, the whole process is that even the umpires in, in, in cricket don't get on top of sledging enough. But, oh, but sledging's fun, Jonathan. Sledging's oh, fun. The, yeah. the abuse that people yeah. get when they've had relatives die. And they're oh, told yeah, but that, like that, that is that's a different... fun, is it? Well, there, there are I'm comments... I'm afraid that happens a lot. Yeah, but there, are, there is... The, wit, the wit's gone out of it. It's yeah, getting, it's if, getting if personal. It's, obviously, if it's David about Warner. death, it's not fun. But David actually, Warner's where it's light-hearted and a wind-up, that's part of it, isn't it? I've never thought yeah. that. I think the whole process of when a batsman is batting and as your bowler is about to release the ball and somebody chirps in from slip. That's bad. That's, that's out of that's order. Out of order. It's against order. the laws. You walk away. That's, that's, that's against the spirit. Well, that's on That's against the spirit of the game, yeah. Completely. Anyway, can we quick te- tease the quiz before we have to go yeah, to a break? Quiz, quiz, quiz. It's new. It's a new quiz. It it's is not I, the same quiz this week. You say, I know. You've changed isn't, the format. Isn't it about players, people who play for I'm Chelsea really excited. and Man United? It's really no, it's not. It's, oh, I'm really excited. But I've got shush. I've worked it all out. I know, but it's not that. We had that last last <laughs> time we played them, so not this time. But, but that's I'm, why I knew it. Will you be quiet? That's why I got it right. I'm really excited oh, because this is well, new, and I okay. I planned this. I have I have. We are collaborating with the great Chelsea Chadder, the oh, Chadmeister. Perfect. Who is who? Just knows everything, and he always gets our quiz right. Does he like, know how to unlock a locked Twitter? Account? Well, no. That's the that's the only disappointing thing is I can't plug it on our Twitter account. But you, anyway, you use your own. I will. I'll use Stanford Chidge. Anyway, yeah. shush. Right. The quiz is miracle. The quiz is who are the last ten Chelsea players to score against Man United? Ooh. And if you know the answer, uh, then you need to tweet uh, at Love Sport Radio and at Stanford Chidge. Of course, you could phone us up on oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five. I'd like that phone. 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 What? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. don't have to. You're already here, mate. No, no, not me. I'd like them to phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They need, they need to phone not up. Me, I yeah. could phone them. Yeah. That'd be it's good. a great quiz. I could but pretend Chels, to be someone else. Chad's going to do it every week for us from now on because we've now run out of teams to kind of. I see. Yeah. I mean, every right, week. So we're, every we've, week. Got, we've only got. I mean, matches. We're, we're, we're going on all summer, mate. Are we? Oh yeah, baby. We're, we're reinventing the wheel I so far on the Chelsea fan show. We have annihilated Twitter. We've annihilated Premier League referees. We've annihilated Salah. Salah, yeah. indeed, and sledging in cricket. And David Warner. And David and Warner. David Warner. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. basically, is in for it this Friday evening. <laughs> but coming up, it's time for the press report with Liam Toomey, yes. who is the Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd of the Chelsea Fancast. We just had a member of the Love Sport staff suggest that they're running the London Marathon on Sunday. Jonathan asked him when he thought he'd finish, when he'd get round by. He said, I'm hoping by Tuesday. So fingers crossed for good results, both in the football and in the marathon. But I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the line by Liam Toomey, who's a Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. Evening, Liam. Thanks ever so much for joining us. How big is this match against United for Chelsea? I think it's absolutely huge. Um, You have to look at it from both sides, really, and it looks to be decisive for the Chelsea top four hopes for Manchester United. And I think it's a really it's a really fascinating one in terms of the results in recent weeks because this so called top four race has almost been more like a staring contest where everyone blinks in the last couple of weeks. I mean United have been in, in absolute free fall under Solskjaer, their bubble as well and truly burst. Arsenal uh, have lost the last two games and, and look terrible away from home. And even Spurs have stumbled a little bit. So Chelsea, despite looking far from convincing themselves and, and missing a massive opportunity against Burnley on Monday to really take control of this, are in a, in a really good chance. And there's, there's, despite the fact that they've had a very tough time away from home against the top six teams this year, I think there's a, a, a strong case to say that they should go to Old Trafford with some real confidence, purely because United are playing so badly. And I also think that... Um, Eden Hazard has, has shown quite a few signs that he's returning to the form of autumn, which is great news for Chelsea and, and bad news for their remaining opponents. And in the autumn of his career too, Liam. Liam, I, I liked your uh, question actually to Sari uh, today at the presser, uh, which was very much about the away form. And, 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 quite, and I giggled the fact that you reminded him that we haven't actually beaten anybody in the top six yet. Uh, I mean, how much, given that form... Um, are you kind of satisfied with, with what he said? Uh, and are you feeling confident? Because I'm not, to be honest. Well, I, I was trying to be careful to phrase what could have been a confrontational question yeah. in quite a non-confrontational you were very good. Non-confrontational way. You were good. Um, so I, I, want, I, I genuinely wanted a, a proper answer. Yeah. And I think he gave one. I think, he, I think he gave quite a thoughtful answer, at least trying to explain the circumstances around each of the, each of the defeats. I mean, it's not as if all of Chelsea's away defeats against the top six sides this year have been the same. I think they've Sarri has tried different things. I mean, he tried the, the absolutely suicidal press-high game plan against Manchester City, which saw them destroyed inside the first 20 minutes. Um, they, they, were, they were more conservative in other games, but I think their bigger problem, uh, as we saw away at Arsenal and away at Spurs, has been just not matching the intensity of the other team from the first minute. And more recently, that's been a problem at the start of the second half, not at the start of the first. But if it is a problem at the start of the first half, 
this weekend, they could be in trouble because I think the one thing that you can guarantee from United, if not quality right now, is that they will they will start this game at a high tempo and try and press Chelsea because that's exactly what they did to Manchester City. And as they well. didn't they didn't play badly in the first half actually. United doing that. I've watched the game. No, I no, I, I, I don't thought think they were they okay. Did. I think they were then undone because of. Uh, I think the last few minutes of the first half there was a kind of in- intensity from City that there hadn't been before. But I, I think I don't think that uh, we we Chelsea would deal with it if they press as much as that or play even as intensely as that. I don't I think we wilt. I, I haven't got great confidence in us dealing with that. In fact, all the the first forty minutes of watching that game, I thought if United play like this against us, they'll be two 0 up. Because I, I have no faith in us uh, in us keeping that. Can I just ask you a question, Liam? Do you think the last few games he's been playing less Sarismo? Because it seems to me that they they almost just hang back and defend, and you get the odd little moment of of four or five passes. You think, oh, that's quite Sarismo like. But otherwise, you know, there's there's this isn't the same um, desire to play in his patterns. Do you think he's just he's just sort of given into it, or is that the players saying we're going to play this way, or is he adapting? Well, I think I think the broader theme of the last few weeks is that um, Sarri does seem to care about keeping his job because he he has made alterations. He hasn't been he he hasn't been as much of a of a stubborn Wenger type as as maybe people feared at one stage. I mean, he did he did he did albeit belatedly start playing. Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ruben Loftus-Cheek yes. Emerson over Marcus Alonso although part of that was injury of course and they did take a more they have taken a more sensible slash conservative approach in certain games I think ever since the, the Carabao Cup final really but he, um, seem, he seems incapable of of, um, of of doing things like putting two attackers up I mean Spurs against Brighton yeah. were interesting when he brought on um, um, what's his face who hadn't played for years um I uh, can't remember the centre-forward, but they then had... Oh, Llorente. Uh, uh, no, no, Llorente. Oh, no, Janssen. Yeah, Janssen, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you thought, well, that makes sense because all Brighton are doing is defending. The same with Burnley. They needed to do a like-for-like like of just swapping Giroud for um, Higuain. was just, a, uh, seemed to me, bizarre. He could have put on four forwards, if possible, and because they weren't going to attack at all. I suppose he was slightly scared that there'd be the, any breakaway. But I was... Uh, you know, I'm, I don't think that that's going to... I, I'm still worried by that aspect of his conservatism. But yes, I agree. I think he's, he's, becoming, he's becoming less um, uh, stubborn as the season's going on. Yeah, and, and, and on that note, I think um, I wouldn't actually be stunned to see Eden Hazard as a false nine again at Old Trafford on, on Sunday because I think the, the pattern in, in recent big games over the last couple of months has been that Sarri has has long since accepted that he can't get Hazard to play to the system. He can't get him to press with the rest of the team. He can't get him to, yep. to work back defensively. And so against big teams that have attacking threats, he's, he's invariably put Hazard up front where his lack of defensive work rate hurts Chelsea less. Um, and I think the... The interesting thing about that is that there's a possibility that Hazard as a false nine could actually work better against United than it would against a team like well, City or Spurs or Liverpool because they're not as good at pressing. We'll see they're about that. You may be right, Liam, but I, I tell you what, if he, if he does that, I, I can see an absolute meltdown from a lot of Chelsea supporters because they'll view yeah. it as a negative thing. Listen, I'm glad you mentioned Hazard again because uh, I know that was discussed in the presser as well, wasn't it? The fact that he's not been included in the PFA's team of the year. Um you know, what, what, what did you think of Sarri's response to that? Well, I think he made, he made a valid point, which was that the Premier League table is heavily influenced 
Mm. Uh, that team. I mean, you look at you look at that team. The only player who doesn't play for Man City or Liverpool is Paul Pogba, and I think Paul Pogba's inclusion is uh, heavily influenced. Well, it, I think it's heavily influenced <laughs> by when the voting was done. True enough. So when when the majority of players voted was on that incredibly incredible hot streak yeah. United had when Solskjaer first came in, where mm. Pogba I think scored about nine goals in nine games and got about six or seven assists. So. Um, yeah, and, and they are also apparently shoehorned into a four-three-three formation when making those selections. So if they if they'd even had a four-two-three-one, there would have been a place for another attacking midfielder. Mm, but I could... still think I, I still think Hazard's had a better season than Sadio Mane. But... Oh, I agree. And couldn't they have fitted Hazard in anyway? Because if you drop Bernardo Silva into centre mid, where he has operated at points this season, then you can go well. See you later, Paul. And Hazard has had the better season. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I think he, he, Hazard has paid for the fact that Chelsea just haven't been as relevant this yeah. season as a team, and so people have been watching them less. So I think that includes other players around the league, and they all know how good Hazard is. But I think maybe they've just watched him live a little bit less this season because they've not Chelsea have not been relevant at the top of the table, and as a result, despite the fact that his stats are so good. Uh, maybe maybe he suffered a little. I mean, the idea that he can make the... Is it a five- or six-man shortlist for PFA Player of the Year? And yet he can't make the team is, it, is a little bit silly. But as I also pointed out on Twitter, I think the PFA Team of the Year is never something to get worked up yeah, about. Definitely. People do every single year yeah. because they always forget that players don't take their votes seriously. Yeah. In some cases, they don't even fill out the form themselves. Yeah. So... If the players don't take it seriously, we shouldn't. No, no, I couldn't agree more. Well done. And absolutely, and the kind of player who Hazard is, you'd have thought that his response to this might be, rather than moping, going, I'll show you who's a proper player and I'll show you who should be in that team of the year. Liam, lovely to speak to you. Thanks ever so much for your time. Liam Toomey there, who is the Chelsea correspondent for ESPN. Coming up, Burnley. It was a game of two halves. This is Love Sport. Wins for Chelsea or not? Because they drew two all with Burnley they win on Sunday. No, well, possibly. No, no, no. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Why they're do you have win no any hope? Of the next three games. Was it because of Burnley? Have you lost all hope now? Yeah, I, I don't think he has it in him now to make it work. All the players, I really don't. I've I've finally lost you, it. You see now. You see, this is. I just. I, I wish we'd made a film of this season. Yeah, because I've I've you had know, great like, hope. Like, actually, do you know what? I could do it because I could cut all the bits of the podcast yes, together. Because the Damascian conversion or Damascene conversion that Jonathan has had this year has been hilarious. It's gone from Sarri in, Sarri in, Sarri in to Sarri not sure <laughs> to Sarri out. No, no, no. I'm not saying Sarri out. Well, Sarri okay, shaking Sarri all about. No, I'm just saying I don't think that he has the ability yeah. to make it work. I'm not. So he may wait. He might make it work next year. He, if he has a pre-season, if he's there, if they haven't got any transfers, and he gets the, whoever he has to play the way he but, wants. Okay. But that team no, but cannot play the way that he wants them to. Listen to yourself, old chap. I am. I've just very much You've resonated. got headphones on. You yeah, can hear yourself speak. I can hear speak, myself, I yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in all seriousness, if, if you hear what you just said and run it back in your head, you'll understand why that doesn't make sense. Because whilst I agree with you that he has not got the right players to implement the way that he likes to play. I, I don't want to say sorry. But, yeah, no, me neither. Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, to play the way... Okay, so what you're saying is, well, if he's here next year, he might get the players to play the way... No, no, no he, he won't. No, He'll never get the that. players. I didn't say that. Didn't I said he, he wouldn't... That's what it sounded No, no, like. I, I said he'd have a different set of players. Will he? Yes, he will. Why? Well, because they'll bring all the low knees back. 
who are worse than the players that we've got yeah, at the moment. Yeah, but, but they'll play a way that he wants them to play. I'm not saying it'll be any good. I had a Brian Kant moment in my head then. What, you mean... Um, uh, play away! Play away! I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, was it... Was it uh, for the teenagers, Was Johnny? it Jack and Ori, I was thinking no. of? No, he didn't do Chloe, Jack and Chloe Ori, Benjamin. Was it? Play away, There yeah. you go. Jeremy he had Irons. a kind of way of speaking like that, he didn't did. he? Play away! Play away. Anyway, going back to what's through the round window, Jonathan. Yeah, no, uh, but I think um, if they sell a lot of them, a lot of the players... What if they have can't the buy any because of a transfer ban? Well, they'll keep the same lot and, and we'll finish 10th. But this is my problem, and this is my diagnosis of the issue, is that, uh, I mean, you have, we heard rumours this week, of course, that he wants to sign another Napoli player. Two Napoli no, Okay, who who are they? Insigne and and the and what's with the left back signing with an, with an H? What's his name? He signed the right back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that that's not what it, you can't just because it worked at Napoli. Buying all of Napoli's players no, but, and making them play in Chelsea's kit's not going to solve the problem. Me, excuse, me, excuse me, you're falling for the old, you know. I know, I know, trick. but that, that's if, just if, something made up by if, somebody. If, if in fact there is any veracity to those reports, but the po- the point's still valid. You know, he's not going to be able to get them to play the way he wants to with this current club of players. Okay, the only time Sarri ball worked was in Napoli at the Serie A when they, in Spurs terms, put the pressure on Juventus. So, on a game-by-game basis, is Sarri getting it right? If we look at Burnley, okay, it was points dropped. Was it Sarri who was at fault? Well, it was a fault leaving Gwain on, yeah. And it was a fault not putting two on, as I said to Liam. I mean, look... Because they made made no effort last 20 minutes to do anything but defend. The the bottom line is, the bottom line is, look look in the Burnley match, Matt, and it's a shame I didn't see you, actually. I had a a cracking time apart from the football. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it was ever thus, really, but, um, uh, you know, we played brilliantly in spells in that first half. In fact, actually, overall, attacking-wise, we we were much better. We had, I think, as many shots as we had when we stuffed them 4-0 up there. However, two brilliant goals, absolutely brilliant goals, but the defending was beyond... Keystone Cops, but, not for the first time this season. Not only that, but also what was appalling was that the Burnley goals were very similar to the goals they scored the week before. I know. So in other words, nobody had done I, any, no, any exactly. analysis of what they did, what no. they've been doing. I mean, I'm going to use it again. You know, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest that knew Burnley were going to do that set-piece yeah, move. Yeah, Why didn't our coaching staff? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they tell our players? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Or are they really that stupid? I agree. Who knows? I agree. I mean, it, it, it really drives me up the wall because that's what killed it. Burnley are a. I've got a lot of time for Sean Dyche. I really have. Other than um, uh, than Barnes. Uh, no, no Barnes. Ashley I can't Barnes. say what I think about Barnes on air. I did say last. I week. won't just be in Twitter prison, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> it was actually very dangerous. I said Ashley Barnes, who I hate, and I got an immediate telling off from why my him? producer. Did my you? producer, he said you shouldn't say that. Why not? Well, I it's rather football, feel mate. why not, and he does just he's scoring a lot of goals and he's actually quite an effective player he's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. Burnley player yeah. but yeah, I detest yeah. the way he behaves on I, the uh, he's a, he's, he, he needs he's a nasty. Snap, basically. there was a terrible moment where um, oh gosh it was, it's emblazoned on my memory in front of me I was, I was practically on the halfway line and uh, um, in fact, it's so emblazoned I can't remember who the Chelsea player was but anyway he it, friend was behind him behind them both and he just looked but he looked to see what was happening and barged into the player, and Friend did that thing of, of crossing his hands to say, no foul, and all he'd done is barge the Chelsea player out of the way of the ball. So A, Friend was completely ridiculous as to say no foul. B, because he'd looked and almost winked at the ref, 
and ducked into it, and it was an obvious foul. And you go, and it was, and it was just a cynical, and uh, the player wasn't prepared, so was actually injured. And you go, that is just rubbish. Mm. And the fact that the referee then went, no foul, and, and almost condoned it. Um, quickly, I know you probably got to push on for a break in a minute, but. Uh... Just you know, continuing the idea of well, why is this Sarri's fault, or why is why does he have any culpability in this? Um, I mean, I think I think the marking, or, 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 or I mean, you know, it's, it's tempting to say it's all zonal marking's fault, but there's clearly an issue with Chelsea defending set pieces at the moment. He said in the presser today, it's not about the defensive line; it's about the defensive phase. And he talked about you know people scoring shots from 25 yards out in the in the Slavia Prague game and that's I agree you know got a bit to do in the midfield but he should be sorting this out we're in the last few weeks of the season I can't understand why these kind of issues haven't been addressed and the other thing that I would certainly point the finger at him for is his in-game management is just non-existent it's like for like subs you know this was a match we had to win you know if we win that match suddenly the heat's off a little bit in terms of getting in the top four so don't bring Giroud on for Higuain Bring Giroud on and Higuain. I mean, do something this. different. I've said this. I know, but we're it's still... it again. But I'm doing it in a different context. You're doing it in a different voice. And of course I am. Yeah, because you're you. I'm doing it in the style of Jonathan Kidd, though. No, you I know. am, because I'm getting very upset. Oh, good, thank you. I'm going out of control. But, but, but can I say about him... Is, I, it's this coffee. I forgot that I'm not supposed to have de- uh, to have ca- uh, you know caffeinated coffee. You'll be up I'm all night. Wired, mate. Oh wow. Wired. Are we going out, Chidge? Is that the solution? Well, yeah, all yeah, three yeah, of us. Definitely. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, oh definitely, yeah. Definitely. Love it. Love it. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that uh, I actually think that he might then. There's this 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 feeling is somewhere in the back of my head that if he's around next season, he might actually get it right. I have this kind of suspicion. Look, I've always said this. I, I have no personal animosity to him, as many Chelsea supporters, many mates of mine do. And I think that the that actually, in many respects, Sarri's the kind of the wrong man at the wrong time. He's being scapegoated for a lot of stuff that's been festering along for a long time. I have no animosity towards him at all. In fact, I'm just ambivalent. I mean, if, if he stays next year, he stays. There's nothing I can do about it. If he's brilliantly successful and we win loads of stuff, we play brilliant football, I'm going to be ecstatic because I'm a Chelsea supporter and I'll be happy. If he gets f- fired next week, I'm not going to cry an ounce. No, so, you right. know, no, I agree I'm absolutely I'm agnostic and ambivalent I'm about it. I'm the same, him. but there's so, so many... You know, talking about the, the tra- tra- trajectory of my... Very of good recovery. My, uh, thank you. I haven't yeah. recovered quite yet. Though, can you say Mia Vo- Mojevic? I, I can't. Mia say. Vojevic. Yeah, I get it wrong every week yeah, I don't know what show. I was supposed to be saying though so yeah. I don't know. become a, it's a bigger in love sport joke than the blimmin twitter prison I but, tell you. Know, the trajectory <laughs> of my uh loving sarri and then going off him yeah. and now going to a situation where i don't think we're going to win any, any of our last three games i think is I is, is um well you, you're allowed not to agree but i'm yeah. talking about my trajectory because yeah. you had a go at me about my trajectory about different fact, than yours yeah or in fact as we should say my trajectory is bigger than yours very, stop very talking about so. your trajectory, trajectory gentlemen yeah sorry it is a little bit uh, <laughs> personal isn't it but no what i'm saying is is it may still make sense <laughs> i'm allowed to be to look upon him favorably but then yeah, think yeah. it hasn't worked yeah yeah you definitely. know because you were saying well i'd love to, we could take a film i could look at all the stuff you bet but yeah no I, only because it would be quite I was funny hopeful it would be funny it just shows you but how, also i was hopeful and how we change well it's watching the games and just if you repeat the same idiocy, okay. how on earth is that improving? Coming next season, Jonathan Kidd on the fancast, the documentary. Yeah, it sounds like Jonathan's trajectory is diminishing, yeah. which is uh, worrying for all those no, involved. No, I, I think that's good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but the big question is, is Sarri, as Jonathan is suggesting he could, is he gradually improving? Uh. Don't go anywhere. 
This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd of the Chelsea Fancast, who were reliably informed will be back up and running on Twitter very, very soon. Well, if they let me out of prison, mate, I don't know what's going to happen at the moment. I'm quite worried, I have to say. (laughs) They will let you out. It's a lifetime's work. They will. We'll we'll send the UN in. They'll sort it out. It'll be okay. Kafofi Anan. (laughs) Quiet. <laughs> oh dear. That's a very, very good joke. It is. That's a politically good. clever joke. Clever, man. very clever. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, good. I know you're my number one fan. That's yeah, why I love you. I am. Talking of clever people, whether or not Chelsea fans like him, Sarri is a pretty sharp bloke. He was successful as a banker. He's now relatively successful as a football manager. Has he won? Well, different question. I've won more trophies than he has. <laughs> what kind of trophies have you won? Well, football blogging awards twice. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. you're, you're right up there. It was another two points dropped against Burnley, but I, as an impartial observer, felt that actually there were signs there that Chelsea might be getting better, that Sarri's identity might be working with the team slightly more effectively. I thought, for example, that Kante in that higher role that's been so criticised was working, not just the goal, but he was repeatedly winning the ball back in that Burnley third. I agree with you. I thought Kante was superb, but Kante's superb every week because Kante is a world-class player, but... He is undoubtedly the best player in the world as a defensive midfielder. So no matter how good he is playing on the right, it's still a gross misuse of his talents. I think we would have won, though, against Burnley if he carried on playing. I think they were huge, the injuries we had, actually, because they they gave the side energy and dynamism. And we lost all of that when they went off, to be fair. Kovacic came on and it went about one mile an hour. I'm afraid it does every time he comes on. Indeed it does. And they apparently might be uh, Mm. able to extend his loan period. Oh, God almighty. Seriously? The news today is that the plan to dodge the transfer ban as you're suggesting Jonathan yeah. is you extend the loan for another oh. year and then automatically have to pay 26 million quid at the end you know I tell you what this is absolutely for real you know they if if they keep Kovacic and Sarri and a, and a whole number of other issues they and, and they and they do this before they because they haven't announced when the season tickets are renewable yet they are the, I tell you loads of season ticket holders are not going to renew this year yeah loads of them do you think they've taken that into consideration i doubt it might well like you can have two views on that one is that they do care because it's good revenue the other is that there's always a lot of people wanting to have season tickets yeah there's a waiting list the third cynical chidge view is that they're doing it deliberately in order to get rid of all the miserable old gits that they hate that have been sporting the club forever the so they can get tourists in i mean i was there on i was there on monday and i had to meet canners uh, for various well actually because we'd organized some tickets for those underprivileged I kids remember, if you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was hanging around by the Copthorne at about five o'clock, and it was like being in a theme park. It was just tourists everywhere, and that's what they love. They don't want people like me in there who don't spend a cent. Yeah, because they're immediately going to the uh, the, the club shop yeah. and spend a mass. Won't yeah. they, I mean, well? I joked about this on the on the fans forum show on Sunday. I said that actually the fi- the coup de grace by the club will be to sack Sarri, and then hire Rafa Benitez again just to make the meltdown complete. <laughs> <laughs> Remember where you heard it first. Imagine that. It wouldn't go down very well. But Chidge, do you think that Sarri's improving? Is there a potential? No, I don't. No, me neither. I don't. I really, really don't. You know, we are, um, no you know, no pun intended, we're at the fag end of the season. And uh, <laughs> look, we are both old enough to have seen Chelsea being appalling with some, some absolutely terrible players, bless their hearts, who tried their hearts out, having said that. I'm not even sure they did. And I, I, I remember a time when, you know, I had no hope of seeing Chelsea ever win the league. A vague hope that they might win the cup again, usually squashed in by a lower division team in the third round. But 
you know, my expectations were not of winning trophies. So what happens then when you support a club that's not going to win trophies is that what you want to see year on year is improvement. And that's a really good measure. Now, I haven't seen that improvement. I mean, they played brilliantly for the first uh, first part of the season. They run, he broke the record for, for, for wins. In fact, we've seen deterioration. Yeah, we have. Ross Barkley has got worse and worse, but as you, has Kovacic. Do you want to hear something really astonishingly... Uh, Positive. M- Mind-blowing. Yeah, you'll have more okay. shots than ever. No, no, no. no more no. goals. Oh, second in the I, no. I dug out the league table at the close of last season because I couldn't remember where we finished because, you know, I've got a memory like a goldfish, you know. Um, we finished fifth. Okay, 38 games played. We won 21, drew seven, lost 10. Uh, goals for 62, goals against 38. Uh, so the goal difference is 24. And we finished on 70 points. Uh, this year, on we've played... Okay, we've got three games left. So we played 35. We're in fourth at the moment. Uh, we've won 20, so one less. We've drawn exactly the same, seven. We've lost eight, which is two less. Uh, we've, we've scored 59, which is three goals less. We've conceded the same amount of goals, 38. Uh, our goal difference is slightly lower as a result. And we've got 67 points. I mean, it's almost identical. And, you know, it could go one of two ways in the last three matches. It could either be better than we were doing last or year. Worse. Or slightly worse. But the margin of error, we've basically done exactly the same. So, in other words, we've, we're stuck in the mud. And you know, we won the cup last year. Uh, and we, Exactly. Somebody reminded me about this on Monday, actually, Andy Willis. But we won the cup last year. So... If we don't win a trophy this year, you have to say that we've, we've slightly regressed. But only slightly. I think the, the, the takeaway that I get from that is we're not going anywhere. That's what I think. We're not going anywhere at the moment. And that's annoying, to say the least. So we're not going backwards, but no. we're not making any progress. And, and we is in the treacle, man. And Liverpool and, uh, uh, <sighs> yeah. and City are disappearing over the horizon i mean the only consoling thing i was kind of chatting to johnny about this before we you know before we went on air the only consoling thing at the moment something that hopefully we'll pick up with uh jason jack ransom jack, of jack, bbc manchester jack ransom bbc manchester he's doing the opposition view but the only consoling feature at the moment for me is that man united arsenal and chelsea are all as rubbish as each other they're all going downhill they're all appallingly run clubs and they've all got similar issues for boom but for Chelsea, um, you're spot on there, and I take your point. But with Chelsea neither progressing nor regressing, mm. is this transfer ban then a worry? Because it's very, well, very hard to get rid of Sarri with that looming. I don't agree. You don't think? No, well, I think actually... They can do what they get rid of whenever they want. But what manager is going to come well, in to replace let me Let me get there. I mean, I, personally, I think if we get the transfer ban, it is, it, it, it's an absolutely pivotal moment, probably the most important year since Roman Abramovich bought the club. For me, I don't see it negatively at all, actually. I, I think it's it's a chance and an opportunity to have the reboot that we need. The perennial problem at Chelsea is that we never transition, we never develop, because you know we never allow a manager, ironically having mo- been moaning about Sarri, but we never allow a manager time to build and develop the squad because the pressure is always on to finish in the top four for a business reason or to win a trophy for whatever other reasons. Um Personally, I think that Sarri is the, the the worst manager to have when you can't buy any new players. I think yeah. like like, and this is no no you know slur on him. Like all of the top elite managers, you know they want to bring players in because that's why they go to big clubs. Yeah, so they, Liverpool had asked yeah. Klopp to do a job with the squad he had exactly. when he came in. Hopeless. Yeah, no, none of them would. Um, so there's no point having them there. I, I, his track record is not one of somebody who brings in and, and develops young talent. Uh, so. I wouldn't have him. You're clearly not going to get 
a top, you know, you're not going to get an Allegri or somebody like that because for the same reason, they're going to want to buy loads of players. They're not going to come to a club that can't buy players. So I think it, it allows you an opportunity to look elsewhere. And I mean, frankly, I know that uh, there's a there's a huge side of me that doesn't want this, but I think Frank Lampard wouldn't be a bad choice. Because frankly. He, I know. I, that's a clue. I was teasing it for you. But I mean, he, he, he knows the club. Mm. He knows the club. He's loyal to the club. And you're going to need somebody who's like that, who gets the club and is loyal to it, sticks with it for a very troubling year that it will be. But do you risk spoiling it for Lampard if he comes in now? It's a very difficult time. But, I mean, I don't think it's... It's a bit like, okay, you've got this beautiful Easter egg, you know. It's it's a work of art, right? Okay? It's not there to look at, is it? It's there to be eaten. Are we eating Frank Lampard? Well, in a metaphorical way, you know. But that's what I'm saying. You know, he's going to be manager sooner or later. The track record of Chelsea managers at the moment is that they last 18 months. So you may as well. They all end in failure, you know. Every managerial career career ends in failure. But, right, very few get to retire gracefully. Fergie did. You know, he jumped before he knew what was happening. So I, I would say, look, just bite the bullet. This is a weird time. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Chelsea. Really up in, in, the, in the poo because of a transfer ban. Get somebody who's loyal to the club. The fans will go absolutely ballistic after the misery that they felt for having Sarri. They, they will at least have a huge lift, like Ollie did when he got made the United manager. Well, let's hope the same thing doesn't happen. But I think also the fans would be more, uh, you know, they'd give Frank more latitude if it didn't work, they'd be more supportive of him. They're not going to get on his case but, and boo him. But there isn't going to be a transfer ban. It, it'll be deferred. They'll be well. I'm not so sure about year. that, mate. I am not. That's what this appeal's about. Because FIFA said no, we're not going to do that no, anymore. No, I know they said that, but but, but surely the automatically that they appealed it, it'll go to the. Uh, um, we, well, we don't. Higher. We don't know, do we? But the reality is, I, I think you know. Look, let's say it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. You know, but if if we have a ban, Sarri is not the man. Getting somebody else like him is not the answer. I think we have to, you know, get somebody on side who gets the club, who the supporters will will give time to and patience with, just to navigate the club through some very choppy waters. And the, of course, the only thing that we can do with a transfer ban is to use the resources that we have, which means the youngsters. Frank and Jody know the youngsters. Jody coached half of them, or the loanees. They're all going to love Frank Lampard and respect him because, you know, what didn't he do at Chelsea? So for me, it's a good solution if we get a transfer ban. Maybe that is the solution. Super Frank is at the wheel. This is Love Sport. Sport. You're listening to the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. And it's a doctor's surgery here on the Chelsea Fan Show for the next nine minutes because we're joined by Dr Chidgy, ah. who has unlocked the secret to that Callum Hudson-Odoi injury. Yes, indeed. Well, it's a horrible injury. That's the bottom line. And uh, I have to say, very, very worrying. I mean, I, I think a lot of that's... I mean, Jonathan might, might agree with me here, but when we were kids, you know, when footballers got an Achilles injury, that, that, that was their game, their, their career over, wasn't it? Pretty much. They'd be in, they'd be in plaster from toe to thigh for about six months, and they very rarely came back. Of course, you know, 2019... This was 1927. But in your case, obviously, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm talking 70s, mate. 18, oh, 1870s. Yeah, right. But, no, the, the, you know, look, things have moved on. It's very different now. Number one, it's it's all about uh, getting it operated. If you've, if you've ruptured it, which is what he did, then it's all about getting it operated on within two days. And he's had that operation. They certainly did that. There was a lot of complaints, quite right in my opinion about him being walked around the pitch because that certainly wasn't going to do it any good. 
he should have really been carried but off. They clearly hadn't diagnosed it when well, they were doing that. that I thought it was something again, else. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by that because, yeah. you know, there's a very famous uh, bit of footage when Beckham did his Achilles uh, playing for AC Milan. And it's very, and I actually, funny enough, Mort's thing did his Achilles and he, I had a chat with him about it ages ago. And he described it as it's a bit like being shot in your heel or somebody's just kicked you really hard. So you get this really intense pain sharp pain for 30 seconds then it all goes numb and you, you your yeah, foot doesn't yeah. work and that's and bex when he did it he looked round to see who had kicked him and there was yeah. nobody within yards i've, of I've it. played squash with somebody and it yeah. went and they actually turned around and thought well, i hit yeah, them with exactly the racket. that exactly <laughs> when that it, when in fact you had i'd hit them over the head with the racket surprised, <laughs> but so there you go so he's he's been operated on within two days and and really with an achilles from what i read and understand it's it's now all about the recovery and uh, the longer term effects have a lot to do with a bit like I mean you know my dear old mum got her knee replaced and it went horribly wrong because genetically she's very predisposed to creating a lot of scar tissue which of course inhibits the movement mm. and you know some, it's just bad luck if you're genetically somebody who grows a lot of scar tissue that's going to really hamper the recovery and also the potential movement and of course that will hamper I mean I think there's some footballer oh, I can't remember who it was now but he said that you know, he did have a lot of scar tissue that that inhibited his movement, and he always felt like he had one leg shorter. You know, it just didn't really work again properly, and it always hampered him. And of course, you're not going to know that until he plays again. No, concerning stuff. Hopefully, seven it won't months, be, I reckon, six, seven months. Yeah, hopefully, won't be too awful for Hudson Adoy. We wish him all the best. There could be a silver lining there. There could oh, be yes, a couple for so. Chelsea. It doesn't make him as attractive to Bayern. Yeah, the first is that Bayern Munich are not going to come calling in the summer for a player with one leg. I think we can be pretty certain of that. But the second is that even with that looming transfer ban, and even with Real Madrid circling to swoop on Aiden Hazard, might the club now go, you know what, we'll just take the 100 million quid hit. We haven't got another backup winger. Hazard is going to be absolutely crucial to this year. Let's just hang on to it. Well, that's what I actually posited last week, if you remember, when we were doing the show. I said, why don't they just hang on yeah. to him and let his contract run Is out? that now more likely? Oh, that's, I, in fact, well, that's exactly what I said. And, yeah. I, the, uh, and, uh, and you then said, I don't know if that's well, possible. I, I, actually, no, I, I posited it the week before. No, you hadn't. Oh, I did. No, you did Oh, not. I did too. Well, in which case, I posited it the week before. Well, that. I posited it a year before. No, that. I posited anyway, it too. Anyway. In no, all but, seriousness. What, what I, no, in, my, I yeah, agree. in all seriousness. No, I'm agreeing yeah. with no, him. No, but I'm, I'm agreeing. Yeah. But, no, but also, there is another theory that, um, uh, according to Pat Nevin, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. that he's not Saw going. That. Saw that. Well, I mean, we, we have both talked about it, to be fair, to Jonathan. And, you know, number one, you know, Hazard has always said he will go if Chelsea sell him to Real Madrid. He's not going to do a courtois. He's not going to go on strike. He's not going to demand a move. The reality he ha- is he has a year left on his contract. Um, and I agree with you, Johnny, that the, the, the decision has to be with Chelsea. And they could make the decision to just run his contract out, in which case he goes to Real Madrid and pocket trousers all the money. But also, do you think it, it's relevant if they do get into the Champions League, there is still the possibility, uh, and they don't have the transfer ban, that they appreciate that the club needs to buy some decent players or change it around. So we might then have three top-class players into the fold. Well, what if we get to the transfer ban again? No, but if, they, but if we don't have the transfer ban, there are so many ifs and buts in this and whatever. Well, if we get the transfer ban... It would then become ban, attractive to okay, him, wouldn't it, I, I, to play? Well, look, here's the thing. If we get a transfer ban, if we don't get a transfer ban, Hazard's off. And the reason he'll be off is that we'll be able to buy a replacement. Mm. They'll, they'll say, here we go, you can have him for 100 million quid... <laughs> 
and we'll go and buy a decent player. No, not necessarily. They might say to him, look, here you are. Would you like some more money? Would you like to carry on playing with us? Because he hasn't made the decision. And they offered him 400 grand a week, didn't they? Yeah, but he still... Perhaps he wants to find out whether... I don't think he's about the money, perhaps he does. No, no, perhaps he doesn't enjoy playing under Sarri. Oh, perhaps apparently if, he does. Well, hey, well, he must be the only one then. But if his real do, dream... I don't get it. Is so to they play all... at Real Madrid. Is then... it who said? He did. He did. When did, when <laughs> did he say that? <laughs> Every he's, time he opens his goblet. He has he said it. A, no, has he? he has. He said it a few times. He's really flirting with them. And I take your point that Chelsea will offer him everything. They'll throw the kitchen sink at him in a nice way, of course. Gold-plated kitchen sink. A gold-plated sink. kitchen sink. But... If he really wants to go, there's not a lot the club can do. No, other than keep him to his contract for the year. Well, no, but that's my point. We're not talking about... You but you're know, saying we'd only keep him if we had the transfer ban. Yeah, but we're not... I don't think we are not talking about a similar a, a, a situation like we had with Courtois, who kicked up a stink and got, got you know, he, he basically held a gun to Chelsea's head and they had to get rid of him. Hazard has always said, if the move comes off, great. If it doesn't come off, great. I love being at Chelsea. I, I can live with that. So... I think there has to be will on both sides for this move to happen, you know, and I think that's why I say really the ball is in Chelsea's court. So hang on, if we get a transfer ban, I, I, and I, if if I'm Marina Granovskaya and we get a transfer ban, I'm saying to Eden, mate, we cannot let you go. No, absolutely, because we we can't buy a replacement. Yeah. So here's the deal: you see out the, the year of your contract, and we, and we we basically give you away to Madrid on a free, and we'll take that hit because we love you, and it's not a problem. Mm. And I think that's all. You know, doubling down on that with Hudson Odoi out for six, seven months, possibly, I think that makes that even more imperative. Do you think that on another uh, aspect to do with Hazard that the club have let him down by yeah, not not buying enough players around him yeah. to go with his yeah, his brilliance? I, I absolutely do because I do. I do. Yeah, you know, he came in. Uh, because we won the Champions League. Yeah, he said so. He came in because he felt that we were a club that had a chance of winning it again. Yeah. Since when, we've been in decline. There's no two ways about that. We've not competed in the transfer market. The quality of our squad has gone it's down. diminished. I mean, you, you went on the Monday night show, but I had a list of our squad, and I went through with me and Tony and Joe Tweedy, and we said, who, should, who is good enough? That was, the, that was the question. Which of these players are good enough yeah, yeah. for Chelsea? We got rid of 12 out of 13 yeah, I would like well. that. Yeah, yeah. That's how bad the quality of this squad is at the moment yeah. compared to what it was like, say, five, ten years, well, yeah, ten yeah. years ago. Well, particularly under Kenyon. Kenyon yeah. said he wanted two world-class players for every and position. And Eden's the only one. I mean, we've got two world-class players at the moment. One is Eden and one is N'Golo Kante. Yeah, yeah. That's it. None of the others are. No. Boom. Morata, he's doing very well. Yeah, God. Apparently some referee smacked him on the back of the head was for being petulant yeah. for being a why, child why didn't he smack him in the face <laughs> that's what we mean, would all why do why didn't he punch him in well, the face indeed absolutely <laughs> Johnny Burrow I feel I feel so sorry for him I really do <laughs> this is how I spend my Friday nights <laughs> this this is like how they go punch and Judy metaphorically <laughs> no I'm really here oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah metaphorically we wouldn't actually hit you Alvaro any chance of him coming back well he's under he, he, yeah, yeah. Then, then we can punch him in the face I can't wait <laughs> you're not no, allowed to punch him in he the face he could couldn't he mate because I tell you, he's, Johnny he's... I couldn't reach him he's about six foot four <laughs> but he's, he's on loan isn't he just about reaching money we could get we get Batshuayi back exactly Bakayoko back you could get uh, Tammy Abraham in the team you get Victor Mason Moses Mountain, Victor it, Moses if there's a transfer back Ooh, they'll Kurt all be Zuma. back away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com
Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. This is Love Sport. I've just been told by Jonathan Kidd that he does a lot of theatrical stuff, which is what we come here for on the Chelsea Fan Show. On Twitter, on Twitter. On Twitter, and I think in the studio sometimes. It's what we adore on the Chelsea Fan Show. We'll be talking all things Chelsea, also bringing you updates, of course, from Liverpool versus Huddersfield. We are two minutes in, and it's Liverpool 1, Huddersfield 0. It could be a long, long evening for the Terriers at Anfield and if Liverpool scored too many we won't be able to talk about Chelsea at all no 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 no, that's not going to happen we'll we'll just have an exclusion zone around Liverpool you know definitely definitely they are of course very much in the title race safe in terms of the Uh, race for top four you know obviously as most people know I actually I hate football it's just Chelsea that I like but (laughs) I I, I forced myself to watch another team play on Wednesday and it was uh, Man United versus Man City and I tell you the uh, volume and excitement that was generated in my living room when City scored was almost equivalent to if Chelsea scored. I was delighted. I am afraid I similarly went, yes! Oh, I went. I, I said worse than that, but you know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it felt very... Uh, well, I was glad because I don't want Liverpool to win the title. No, and no. also, from a Chelsea point of view, United dropping Oh, that helped too, yeah. It's very, very well. Oh, 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 great tease there, Johnny. Because He's a pro, mate. He's a pro. You're all in that race for top four. We are. And, and interesting, can I just say that the uh, under-19s have um, beaten Barcelona to go through to the UEFA Youth now? Cup final. Wowzers. Well, that means there is even a, a further source of possible players to bring into the side yeah. if this were a new dawn. And if they get Frank Lampard and Jody Morrison instead of Sarri. I mean, hey. it's, it's all happening. Um, I'm so excited about this. I've become... I'm, I'm so excited. You know, you know, yeah, you know, you know that we quite often moan about saying, Bloomin' hell, this Chelsea board, they've turned us into Arsenal. 
Well, they turned me into Arsenal too because I'm now doing spreadsheets for football. Yes, which is quite frightening. I've noticed that you have become much more. Um, I just love this. Of a, of you, a, a you, brain. Yeah, but do you know why I love this? Because every prediction I make goes spectacularly wrong. Yeah. Are you well, also only eating steamed broccoli, which is the final form of Arsenal? No, no, Wenger. I don't. I don't just eat stream uh, stream broccoli. How how are you going with your um, the prediction that you had a couple well, of uh, last Friday? I, shall I tell you? Yeah. Well, it depends where we go for. Let's should we should we take last uh, last the last set of results? Because I mean. You know, I had, I had, uh, I well, actually got this right. I had United to lose to City, but that's more in hope than expectation because I don't want Liverpool to win the title. Of course, obviously, United lost. Uh, Arsenal spectacularly let me did down. You have, did you have them losing to No, Paris? I had them drawing to Wolves and they lost. Oh, right, right. Uh, Tottenham, I knew, would beat Brighton. And as I said, City, I knew, would, would beat, uh, would beat uh, United. Anyway, at the moment, I've still got it that we're not going to make top four, but. There's a, a Rizzler paper between us and Arsenal. I mean, United, I reckon, are going to get another seven more points and they'll finish on 71. So I've got I've got them and us drawing on Sunday. I can't see us winning because we're just so hopeless away, but we'll get into that later. I can see them beating Huddersfield away and I can see them beating Cardiff at home uh, because both of those teams are rubbish. But they'll finish on 71 and I've got us and Arsenal on 72. So I see us getting a draw uh, away at United, beating Watford at home, and getting a draw away at Leicester. Okay. Okay. Arsenal, I I actually had them to to draw at Wolves and and lose at Leicester. Um, I think they could still lose at Leicester because Leicester are a decent side. Yeah, I think Leicester decent. will do you a favour. I'm yeah, speaking. I think they they're, could. They're better under Rodgers. That's why I think I'm afraid they'll beat Chelsea in the last game of the well, season. Well, that's why I've only got that down as a draw because I'm not confident right. about no, it. No, no, me neither. You know, but I I agree with you, Johnny. I think I think Arsenal could come a cropper at Leicester, but I do think they'll beat Brighton at home. Um, I've, weirdly, I've got them beating Burnley away, largely because I think Burnley will be on the beach by uh, the 12th of May. I don't know; they're a nasty. But you see, this so is the this is the thing. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's it, it's almost impossible. I mean, I've basically I'm saying we're both going to finish on 72 points, so which means it'll go down to goal difference. And at the moment, uh, Arsenal are only, in fact, better than us. Gold? No, they're, yeah, they're 23 two points. Yeah, two goals in it. So it's just impossible to, to predict what's going to happen because Chelsea could lose to United or beat United. They could lose, draw or beat Watford. They could lose, draw or beat Leicester. And you could say the same about Arsenal's last three. Well, there's no could. certainty in there at there all. There is no certainty and you're spot on there. But Arsenal are slightly easier to predict in the sense that their away form is comically bad. Yeah. Right? They've lost to Barté Borisov. Yeah. There are two yeah. teams they have beaten away since Christmas. One of them is Huddersfield, the other is Blackpool. So Burnley away and Leicester away from an Arsenal fan's perspective yeah. look absolutely terrifying. I could see you losing both of those because yeah. you know Leicester will rip you apart, Burnley totally. will beat you up. Yeah. You know, and Arsenal can't handle no, either exactly. of those conditions. And Brighton could just sit there and park the bus and stop you scoring. So that that you might not even win that. So no. but you could as I said equally, you know, equally Ch- Chelsea could beat Brighton 4-0. Well, yeah, but Chelsea equally could lose each one of those three matches. You know, uh, United at home are never easy, and they all have. A, they, you know, are they really going to lose three in a row? I find that hard to believe, even if the wheels have fallen off. Watford, they, I mean, they could either be on the beach, or they're going to have one eye on the FA Cup, or they're going to want to prove that they want to get into the side, so they could beat us. All very difficult. So I, I really don't know what to predict. So at the moment, I'm sitting on the fence, saying we're basically both going to have 72 points, and it'll be down to goal difference, Jonathan. Yes. Yes, indeed. Do you know the other thing I found out? That's some brilliant stuff, actually. This is on Rick's uh, uh, pre-match briefing on the Chelsea website. But uh, you know, in terms of the, you know, we were comparing the league table positions uh, year on year and saying how similar it is to last season. In, mm. in, in, in fact, you know, Rick's got our last ten 
uh, finishes and number of points we've got for the last 10 seasons. And it's really interesting to see any if any patterns are emerging. And of course, you know, my theory, which is we stop spending money uh, properly uh, in about 2013, which is true, it's kind of weird to try and figure out what impact it had because beforehand, we, we you know, from 2008 till 2013, we were third, first, second, sixth, third. All right, so the blip was the uh, AVB year when we won the Champions League. Since then, we've been third, first, tenth, first, fifth. So again, there's the, you, there's no pattern emerging other than the fact that we won the title twice in the last five years. But don't you think that it's it's the irreg- irregularity of the pattern that has actually made well, the board yeah, so inactive? Exactly because they think well perhaps Sarri will do something with this 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 base metal and make it into gold I don't know but I mean you know again if you look at the points you know when uh, Mourinho won well Mourinho came third in 2014 82 points uh, first in 2015 with 87 points then 10th with 50 points and then Conte comes in and we got 93 points which is uh, just staggeringly brilliant that's going kind of going back to Mourinho Mark 1 days and uh, and then last year we had 70 points. But on the other hand, in 2011, under Carlo, we finished second with 71 points. So also it shows you how much better the other teams are in the league because 70 points, you know, that was 28 points behind City or 30 points behind City, in fact, we won it last year. So it's unlikely that any creativity from the manager is going to actually... Uh, cause success you could actually well I don't but no I think what if if it reveals anything it's that if you get a spectacularly good manager who takes the pragmatic view and gets the best out of the players like Conte did you can achieve remarkable things albeit of course we had no Europe and uh, you know the others kind of you know did screw it up a bit that year Um, but if you don't like Sarri's doing, you can really become a cropper because the other sides are spending more money. Are uh, you know like Tottenham, Liverpool, and and uh, City. Other than Tottenham, of course, who aren't. No, but the they 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 they've had time together. They've kind of you know got their methodology across. If you, you know, these are established, the developed sides. Thinking that with Sarri, perhaps they're thinking if he keeps these players together, they might. Yeah, end but up. if that's the case, why do they put the squeeze on and say if you don't finish in the top four on a trophy, we're going to fire you? Because that's that's we don't know for a Did fact. They that say they, that? Yeah, well, we don't know for a fact, but really between the lines, that nothing's changed there. It is interesting though that at the end of Con- even the end of Conte's first season, he demanded. That the board then spend some as money. As did Mourinho. As did Mourinho, and of course they wouldn't. And this is goes right back to the point that we were talking about uh, just before the break, which is qualitatively, this is probably the weakest squad Chelsea have had in yeah. the Roman Abramovich era. Mourinho was pointing that out. Conte was pointing that out. I don't think Sarri's really complained as much as they have, though. Interestingly, under um, uh, Carlo... Uh, Abramovich wanted, because of the, the success of the academy even then, he wanted more youth put into the team. Mm. And Carlo attempted to do so and came a cropper. Yeah. Uh, and so you wonder whether now, what are we, eight years on from that, whether in fact um, Abramovich might say, OK, we'll try the youth again but I, I don't with see a different manager. That. But I don't see them no. doing that because I think somewhere along the line, and I think this is where... You know, this this is where you can compare us to Arsenal and and certainly United. The business is wagging the football. Uh, yeah. You know, the business tail is wagging the football dog. You know. And yet they have to be successful. They want to the finish in the top. To well, that, they have to finish in the top four. That's what makes the yeah. business model work. 
um, you know, Champions League football, elite club, blah, 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 sell shirts to New Lambert or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you know, this is why I say that if we get a transfer ban, it could be just what we need. Because if they expect to finish in the top four and win a trophy when we can't buy any players, when all the other sides are going to move on, yeah. they're nuts, frankly. They really are. So the sensible thing management-wise to do is to say, okay, don't worry about where you finished this season. Just don't get relegated. But this is the year. You know, we go back to year zero. We bring some of the youth in. We try and make the best of what we've got and see what we can develop in that year to prepare us for the next year when we can add some real quality and world-class players. Yes, I suppose it becomes the business plan is put on Has hold. Has to take a back seat. Yeah, then. it's put on hold yeah. because of the situation. So if that's the case, yeah. make the most out of a bad situation by bringing arguably the greatest ever player that's played for Chelsea, who is loved universally by the You're players. You're going to bring Barbara Rahman back? No, Winston Ooh. Bogart. <laughs> Winston Bogart. No, but if you hired Frank, you see, it would give all the supporters around the world yeah, such yeah. a lift. And they would forgive him finishing. They would, yeah. It'd be 17th. a smart thing to do. It'd be clever. This is why I should be running the club. Yeah. You know, Raymond, you've got my number. Sort well, it out. Now we've got this assessed, I'm going to go and ask my sources at the club. Blue squirrel? No, no. My, blue underpants? No, my blue thong. Blue actually. thong, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I knew I'd get there in the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask, as blue thong, uh, my sources as to what this, the business plan aspect, what they would do. Would they... Would they uh, shoulder it? No, the wrong expression. Hide it away. What would they? They would. Um, what do you mean? They would pack it. Well, well, are they willing to to give it up if there's a transfer ban? Well, I, I, this is I what I'm saying. I think. I think you know there is a look. Well, I know you're saying. It. I'm going to ask somebody. Yeah, in position there is another side. Yeah, but there's another side to this, and that's you know once you get to a certain level, you get economies of scale as a club. So you know once you're in that elite bracket, it takes quite a while for you to fall out of that. Okay, in terms of losing revenue. So I think they could sustain a year where it goes completely peat tong uh, and they'll still get people wanting to be interested in Chelsea and buying shirts around the world and all of that lot. And if you you know sprinkle some stardust a la Frank Lampard on there, even more so, I think you'll still keep up there. Although I was hearing the other day on, 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 on uh, another radio, uh, but uh, what was his name? Matt, Matt Scott was going on about, I mean, he hates Chelsea because he's a big Arsenal fan, but he was going on saying that uh, that the corporate boxes have uh, been empty for like the last five years has been tough on Chelsea selling out the corporate boxes and things like that and that's hitting revenue now I don't know because I've not checked that but what I can tell you I sit opposite that like you do and they haven't looked that full for a while it has to be said JK oh. you know they haven't, so maybe he's right. But as you've said many a time, Chidge, that shouldn't be the point of a football club. And for the fans, the focus is going to be on the footballing side of things. It, it's, it's a, well, you know, corporate corporate match day revenue is eight percent of total revenue. People like me is eight percent of total revenue. You know, sixteen percent of total revenue is quite marginal in the in the bigger scheme of things. They're more interested in in, in sponsorship deals and growing the club globally. That's where they make their money. And the easiest and TV way, revenue. The easiest way of growing the club globally is. Champions League qualification. Yeah, that's why it's so important. And in order to get that, they're going to have to get points against United this weekend. Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. It's the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd Hello. of the Chelsea, Chelsea Fancast. It's United up next and does the entire season boil down to this is it a cup final for a champions league place yes and no johnny yes and no um i it's really impossible to answer isn't it because if you go back to what we were saying before 
you know, Chelsea could win, lose or draw any of their last three matches and so could Arsenal. So, you know, even if we lose to United uh, on Sunday, uh, ultimately it, it's up to how, you know, rubbish Arsenal are, really. You know, we could win our last two matches, they could screw up and we'll still get into top four. I think from a from a Chelsea support, you know, forget the league table, forget this kind of obsession with finishing in the top four. Who cares anyway? We don't get a trophy for it. I think from a supporter's point of view, we absolutely, completely and utterly need to beat the hell out of United on Sunday. Because remember, we've not beaten anybody in the top six away this season. That is, in fact, actually, oh my God, Rick Glanville stat alert. Uh, I've got somewhere, somewhere, I think this is the, there we go. This will be the first time we've lost yeah, to all of them. Yeah, here we go. No, I've got it. Since 1907. Exactly. How did you know that? Yeah. No, I don't I know if that's true. I can't remember. I can't find the stat typically. But the bottom line is is that we... I think it's the first time we won't have beaten anybody in the top six since even before the Roman Abramovich era started. Right. So, you know, it's really important for, for, as a supporter to just have to restore some belief. Do you, know? you think that's because of the kind of football that Sarri plays? Do you think he invites a top side to get at him, play round the press? Well, and I just don't think you can him? say that there's any consistency recently with the type of football he plays because occasionally they play defensively and break. Occasionally they're pushed back. Occasionally he will try and play what appears to be to be pure Sarismo when they all have to rush into position and get rid of the ball after about 30 seconds. And then the, the major problem all the fans have when they, and which I'm, I've always objected to this view, which is that all they play is play tippy-tappy football with no end product, whereas the reality from where I've seen it is is they don't have enough players who can shoot properly and they don't set the centre-forward up. So they're not actually playing the way he wants to play, and that's why I'll always defend that aspect of it. But they've been put off by the, what they call the ball being tipped and tapped around the edge of the penalty area and there being no, no shots on goal or no goals. And the reality is is that the players aren't good enough to shoot, to do it. He's got Kovacic playing in the middle who cannot shoot at all. I am so bemused as to how on earth he's ended up with a career considering that, you know, he passes pretty well. He can play the ball um, 30 to 40 yards. Why can he not shoot? It is a complete joke. He, he just, he winds well, up. Higuain. And, it, and No, we're talking about Kovacic. Kovacic. No, Higuain wanders around like an old old. It's got a great goal against It was Burnley, a though. great goal. And you suddenly thought, uh, and there was a very strange picture of him by the corner flag with a crease in his shorts. We were all rather worried about it, weren't oh. we? Yes. Um, uh, Did he have his blue thong on? <laughs> I, think, I, I don't think he could have kind of had it on, no. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, no, he's been such a disappointment. Um, but no, it's it's that aspect of that's for me. That's why all the play, the supporters have been put off because of this. What they think is, and also players not being allowed to be to to give of, to give any passion with it. It's a very passion the, passionless yeah. style of football. So you're not playing any. There's no personality in it. There's no spontaneity. It. There's no indeed, no, indeed. You know, Seb. I keep going on about this guy, the wonderful at Seb C on Twitter, who's French, obviously. But but he's also, you know, got all his coaching badges. He really knows his onion. Johnny clearly follows him as well. Um, But he says this all the time. And the trouble with a lot of these Italian managers and their methodology is it's all about, you know, pre... uh, It's a bit like the NFL. It's all about predetermined patterns of play. So put these poor old players all thinking, well, hang on, what am I supposed to be doing in this minute in this part of the position? You know, and, and, and I think a lot of, you know, particularly older fans, the ones that have not played FIFA, which is played like that, people of my generation, your generation, 
we grew up with watching people do amazingly clever, sponta- spontaneous things. You know, it's like George Best. You know, pick the ball up, with, run with, with it, character. do something brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That's what we like. You know, That's what we think is attractive anti- football. But I suppose the thing is why I was... I think a, the other's stifling. Why I, I haven't reacted as, as hugely as everybody else is I could see what he was trying yeah. to do. As, as, and this as was my I, big thing all yeah. the way through the season was I was forgiving because I could see he's trying to get them to do that and they're not managing it. I never had the reaction that Dan and Tony had, which was that he... Well, Visceral to reaction, be, and this, he needs to be thrown out. He's yeah. useless. But this is this is this is you know, but this I think is you know lies at the heart of it, you know, because you, that's the reaction you're getting from everybody who's you know, you know, plus five ten years either side of my age. It's then a visceral, why am I such an old git? Well, why no, have because I you're then? just a bit more reasonable. But the visceral reaction is because it threatens everything that we know and love. If football is reduced to a series of predetermined patterns, then what's the game? That's why I think they have such a violent reaction to but it. But I suppose what I'm hoping is that they would get into those patterns but then excuse me, express themselves as only they can as individuals. So even though it, the individuality is being taken out of them, you then allow them to express themselves in a way that, that makes them playing it yeah. differently. Well, so that's they've got very that much the pet model. The pet model is yeah. that if you listen to Thierry yeah, Henry definitely. speak about what it was like playing under Pep at Barca, it's very, very prescriptive until you get into the final third, at which point it's just... Do what you like. Do what you like, you. lads. Have a go. And we are seeing that work quite well, which is a balance of that. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah. taking the individuality out and also we're maximising that individuality as well. But it, it seems to me also that... The, why he's let me, let me down to an extent is is the idiocy occasionally of his inability to make it work, as you said, Chidge, within the game itself. Golly. So, so you have. Um, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Two nil. Two nil. Liverpool. Two Huddersfield nil. So, Mane header. So you have Chelsea having 43 crosses in the Burnley game. Yeah. And you know, and he's got two enormous players as centre half from Burnley, and it's food and drink. I know, and yet you know, normally we'd moan that they weren't crossing the ball no, at all. No, it's just I, I just think there's look. It, it seems to me that there's such a complete and utter disconnect between you know what Sarri wants from the players and what the players understand or, or, or are trying to give. But um, either way, I think it, it leaves a lot of us feeling rather kind of meh about it but there you go it's a lovely goal from Liverpool to put them two up across from the left from of course Robertson headed beyond the Huddersfield keeper very very confidently by Sadio Mane it's impossible to call but if I had to put you both on the spot and say who you think will win the Premier League title as things stand who would you go well I have to say City because otherwise I'm going to emigrate to Iceland (laughs) and you JK yeah 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 City will win it straightforwardly yeah just win all their games. I tell you what, thing that Burnley worries me in terms of what matches that they've got coming up. Uh, that really does worry me, you know, because Burnley are just they, they could Burnley just, City. Yeah. No, well, no, because Burnley could just kind of do a real, you know. No, they'll find a way do a naughty on them. No, they won't. They just won't. bully them and intimidate no, no, them. No, they won't. They'll win. They That's tried good. that against City in the past, yeah, and normally yeah, City yeah. find a way to get it. And they're better. safe thanks to the draw with us. So maybe they'll just put their feet up now. Let's hope so. Yeah, hopefully a on Roger, Rogers team. might try and screw it up as an ex Liverpool manager. Though. He might. He yeah. might do that. Would be quite fitting, wouldn't it? Doing them a favour yeah. all those years later. Coming up, we'll be looking ahead to United. And will we see Sarri operate with a false nine once again? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. 
Aiden Hazard is a fantastic footballer, but is he wasted at false nine? He's been played there a few times this season, with Sarri perhaps not putting his faith in the likes of Olivier Giroud and Gonzalo Higuain. But will we see Hazard lead the line once he, again he, against United? If he well, the reason he plays him there is because it gives him uh, more players in midfield, so it, it becomes defensive um, because he's not then playing with an out-and-out uh, striker and it gives him an opportunity to play um, well before it was to play a doy but so it'll just be he'll play Pedro again but I'm sorry you know again it's just like I, I don't understand this why 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 neuter you're only you know I mean Hazard has contributed about half of Chelsea's goals either directly or through an assist this season he's the one chap we've got who can turn a match win it on his own why, why, why neuter your best outlet? It just doesn't make any Be- sense. Beggar's belief, doesn't it? It does. That's, that's the, you know, why... No wonder people are doing their nutting about it. I mean, really, it's just... Play think, Giroud, for we, God's sake. I think we've established it doesn't work. But he, well, it doesn't but he work. Play, I don't know what Liam was talking about. He'll play before. Liam was thinking it was a good idea because yeah. he said that would be more threatening to United. But the point is, is United are so rubbish at defence. They've got Phil Jones... Chris Smalling, Ashley Young, and Luke Shaw. I mean, they're rubbish. Rubbish, mate. Shaw was good in that 11-match winning streak. Yeah, but I remember a defence of the likes of Dennis Irwin, Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, you know, the Terminator. Remember him? You know, the Serbian they had, Vidic. You know... Compared to hit those kind of players, that is a rubbish They're United defence. a bit defense. harder, aren't they, as well? There's a kind of... Well, Smalling's t- dirty. He's them. like all arms and legs everywhere in your face. Yeah, but but they're rubbish. Vidic, you always thought, oh dear. Nasty piece of work. Yes, really good defence. So. The only player that ever absolutely tore him inside out was, was Torres, of course. You know, so compared to those kind of players, this At is Liverpool. a... Yeah, this is a rubbish, rubbish United defence. So... Why just why play a false nine? Play Giroud. He'll get some mileage out of them. Well, it depends how he goes into it. You know, let's let's. We hope the backroom staff will have done some kind of analysis. But the way they played against Burnley, well, there's there's not a, not a great deal to, to give suggest there's evidence for that. I mean, the interesting thing about this is that you know you could argue that the weaknesses of both sides are in the defence. You know, because United, uh, you know, they've got some decent decent attacking players. You know. Interesting to see what team he chooses, actually, because oh, yeah. he was criticised, wasn't he, for the strange... He played Darmian, didn't he, in the last one? It was a strange yeah. choice. I mean, Lukaku... And he didn't play Martial, yeah. and yeah. And Lukaku, flat, flat, Lukaku, Lukaku always seems to play quite well against yeah, us. Yeah, he ups his game a bit. He does. Uh, you know, um, but I, I still don't rate him. I think he's a flat-track bully. Uh, Rashford I like. I think he's a good player. But he hasn't been playing well recently. He played much no. better against City, actually. Yeah. He looked quite good. Yeah. But as I say, I think if they go for us in the first 20 minutes, I think it's going to be... Well, that's uh, the worry, isn't it? Yeah. But I tell you what, really... I mean, there's two issues, I think, here. One is that Kante's a doubt at the moment. Yeah. He's not, not a certain Really good should play. be back, shouldn't he? But, I mean, if, if we don't have Kante, you could argue that, you know, he's bound to bring in Kovacic. So at least, while well, Kovacic is about as useful as a chocolate teapot, at least he brings a bit of solidity to the midfield. Because, uh, you know, the midfield with Jorginho in it, you can go through it like a knife through butter. Um, but, of course, I think the biggest issue for me is the fact that Rudiger's likely to be back. And he's the one... I mean, you know, we really missed him against Burnley. Yeah. 
because he's a leader. He mixes and he it. gets in there. Yeah. And that's the point. Despite not being on the pitch, he was very much involved against oh, yeah. Burnley, and he was very much mixing it because at yeah. the end of the game, he got he well into it with the yeah. handbags, yeah. which obviously we can't praise live on radio. But actually, as a Chelsea fan, particularly as we come towards the end of the season, it's high stakes, it's high drama, it's high tempo high pressure he's the kind of player the kind of player who will scrap it's good to see him in there yeah with his boxing gloves and his shorts (laughs) and his blue g-string yeah (laughs) hopefully he behaves himself he will certainly be involved well hopefully be involved as you say i think it will be a stronger chelsea defense if he is but how will united look to get at it in just a moment we'll be asking jack ranson of bbc this is love sport the manchester That's right, it's that time of the show when we turn our attentions to Chelsea's next opponents. Coming up, it is of course Manchester United and I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by Jack Ranson of BBC Manchester. Evening Jack, thanks ever so much for joining us. Are United's defence as rubbish as we've been told so (laughs) far on the Chelsea Fan Show? Yes, indeed. Uh, yes. Hey! However, however bad you say it is, it's probably, uh, it's probably just as bad. Um, yeah, it's not, been a, it's not been a good season at all. Uh, 50 goals conceded, uh, worst, worst record for, uh, for Manchester United in the Premier League. So, um, I think it's yeah, worse since 1962, it's, isn't it? Somebody was, uh, I was reading. It, well, it's the, worst, it's the worst run of form since 1962, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so... Seven, seven defeats in nine, isn't it now? So, um, so yeah. The only thing you can say, really, in in, in potential sort of defence of Manchester United, or in, in, I guess from an optimistic point of view, is that they need to start winning at some point because the worse it gets, you know, the, the higher the pressure cranks up, and the more people start, you know, clamouring for for this kind of change. So, you think, you know, watching them against uh, Everton and Manchester City, there isn't any kind of that kind of resurgence, but at some point, they have to turn it around. Um, here's the thing. You know, everybody's been asking this all week, really. Did United jump the gun making Oli the permanent manager? Um, from, from, I mean, it seemed a bit strange. Uh, I know it's obviously easy to say that in hindsight, but it did. Even at the time, it seemed a bit odd because things were going so well. And, you know, in my personal opinion, it seemed that actually you know, it was good to have it on a sort of game-by-game basis. You almost thought that was helping the players and helping Ollie. you know, it's sort of, they could just take it one game at a time, weren't entirely sure, um, you know, on the long-term future, but that was okay because it was working. Um, I I suppose, you know, there might be things behind the scenes which meant they had to make this decision, you know, contract negotiations, that's that's what everyone's been saying is, is the reason. Uh, so you can perhaps understand that, but yeah, it, it certainly seems, in hindsight, like they've they've made decision rushed. I still think, though, he, you know, he'll get time. He'll get at least the summer to to rebuild. Because everyone acknowledges, I think now, even the Manchester United hierarchy would probably acknowledge now that that change needs to happen in terms of personnel. Uh, I mean, it's I, you know, got to, on, we were talking about this earlier on, actually, all three of us, and it, it's, it's bizarre uh, if you look at the similarities uh, between what's going on with both Chelsea, you know, and United, and actually to a, to a degree Arsenal, to be fair. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, is it the play, is it the squad not being good enough? Is it their attitude? Johnny tells me every week 
you know, well, you know, Chelsea players just chuck it in. You know, they don't play for, you know, they try and get the manager out. But and I'm seeing this happening at United, and we giggled when it was Mourinho because we kind of thought yeah. we thought it, we thought we'd send him up there to do just that. But there's remarkable similarities, and the thing is, I keep I keep saying that actually the the, the heart of the matter, the, the the big problem is with the boards, both at both clubs. You know, um, Woodward at United, and you know the, the the bunch we've got at Chelsea, not buying good enough players looking at it more as a business model than a football club. Do you think there's a case to be made there? Oh, absolutely. And I think, really, you've sort of said you've sort of said it. I mean, again, when they appointed Solskjaer, it, seems, it seemed odd to me that they didn't appoint anyone above him in terms of director of football, sporting director first. You know, you'd think if you're planning for the future and if you're thinking about right okay this is a big rebuilding job which it realistically it, it is it, it you just it is um you would think well we've got we've got to have someone in place to look at the strategy the vision overall for longer term and then we can appoint the manager permanently and you just think well that none of that none of that happened so i mean ultimately the, the board and the whoever's in charge have to take responsibility for that and in the case of Manchester United yeah it's, it's one man so does, does Fergie ever have much influence still do you think in this situation you might he have pushed for, for oh, social... I would I would imagine he does I would imagine he does he's, he's there quite uh, you know he's there all the time uh, you know went out to Barcelona went you know he's been been at, at all the games recently um, he, you would imagine that he, he does the thing is um and I, I guess as well, this is, was a positive at the start. Perhaps now turning into a negative for uh, Oliver and Solskjaer. You know, he is a pupil of Ferguson, and he's you know he said he doesn't even park in his car parking space. It's, it's still calls all him that boss, sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Still calls him boss. At the start, you know, that seemed like a great. You know, it seemed great because it's back to United Way and all that kind of that kind of stuff. But as it as it goes on you kind of feel like he needs to get figure out his own identity and, and you know look forward for Manchester United because they're, they're looking back um, and it was it, you know I think it was against Barcelona when seven uh, of the starting 11 uh, were, were Ferguson signings mm-hmm. and you just think well that's, that's you know that's not a good sign for a club that's looking forwards uh, and trying to be modern and you really really saw it against Manchester the difference between a modern 21st century club and a club that maybe just haven't figured out you know what they look like in 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 2019 and jack arguably one of the biggest symbols of united's looking back is paul pogba a man who they let go then went hang on a minute and re-signed he's been all over the back pages this week after his inclusion in the pfa players team of the year various people not delighted (laughs) about that do you think people's scepticism is justified? We've seen the percentage of walking stat. So walking is not generally a stat we talk about a lot in football, uh, but it's been revealed they're not, today. They're not that old, are they? I mean, well, walking football, Johnny. That's well, Pogba, <laughs> Pogba, nominally the all-action dynamic central midfielder, the star man who's at the heart of everything United do uh, has walked more than any of the Premier League's central midfielders this season. He spends 64% of his time on the pitch strolling about. That's top wow. of all 79. Do you think he's lazy? Do you think he's talentless? And do you think he deserves to be in that team of the year? Well, team of the year, um, I think he's got lucky, <laughs> uh, to put it nicely. I think he's got lucky with the timing of the boat. Because uh, that was, it, it, I mean, you can pretty much 
figure out that the, the players voted on that around when he went through his purple patch um, when Ollie took over because he did, you know, he did play very, very well. And actually, you can really trace United's form and where it spiked, and then since when it's dropped on a on a line which probably is similar to Paul Pogba's form and his contribution. So, you know, it's clear that he's, he's very, very talented. Um, you would probably have to question what has made his, his form dip so dramatically. You know, in the last 10 games, he's not been involved in any goals other than the two penalties he scored against West Ham. Uh, and obviously, uh, prior to that, you know, he was he was banging them in and also firing in the assists uh, in, the, in the 14 or so games previously under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So you have to question what, what has changed because nothing happened on the outside has changed. You know, he's still got the same players around him. He's still got the same manager. Um, so where he's had his head turned, you, you know, you, it does lead you to that conclusion, doesn't it? It has to. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a very good player. I think he's. I don't think he's necessarily um, lazy. I think when you watch him, it looks more like frustration more than anything. Um, so Do you I think that's whether... frustration at the players around him? I mean, something yeah. we talk about a lot on this show yeah. is whether Chelsea have let Hazard down by failing to surround him with similarly talented players. Do you think Chelsea, uh, United sorry, are possibly guilty of the same thing? Well, yeah, you, you do think that. When you watch him and you watch his body language, you think, actually, does he does he respect the players that he's playing with? Does he think, actually, I'm better than this? He doesn't because... have that problem with France, does he? You can see that he, he yeah. really loves playing with all the yeah, players around Yeah, but you see, he he's a, he's, thinks himself, as a, I think, as a, a big fish in a small pond at United, whereas in you know with France, it's the other way around. I mean, Old Trafford playing... is quite a big pond, though. No, no, I think in terms of the quality of the players, night. the quality of the players. When he's playing for France, he's not the best player in that team by a country mile. But when he's at United, I think he thinks he is. Mm. And I think that's half the problem, uh, Jack, do you think? I th- yeah, I think I would agree. I think, you know, it is. It... And to be fair to him, I mean, a lot of that midfield need replacing. You know, he, he is. Um, it, but, but then also you've got to flip it and you've got to think, well, well, why, you know, why hasn't someone had a word with him or stopped him from thinking like that? You know, against, um, against Wolves in the Premier League, the, when, when Manchester United lost, you know, Scott McTominay was the was the real shining light in a poor Manchester United team, and Paul Pogba was just sort of throwing his arms around, shrugging his shoulders, and Scott McTominay was the one who was sort of saying, "Come on," you know, and trying to drive his team forwards. And you think, well, if Paul Pogba is a world class player, and you know, if he's going to have all the attributes to make him a leader, as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer referred to him today, then surely he should be the one doing that rather than sulking because he doesn't think the players around him are good enough but I do understand you know it's not it's not the same is it playing with Perlo and the like at Juventus and then coming to Manchester United and playing alongside you know I guess Nemanja Matic at this stage of his career is Phil is, Jones yeah. <laughs> but, but he, he would be the one I would choose Jack <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> Jack, the biggest question of all, of course, is how the game will go at the weekend. If I had to press you for a score prediction, what would you go for? Oh, dear. Well, I predicted Manchester United to win against Everton and I predicted them to win the <laughs> Manchester derby. So uh, I've been a bit stung twice in the last week by Manchester United. So I, to be honest, I actually think it might play out into a draw. Um a score draw, if I can, um, just because you know 
we've we've not been convinced convinced by any of those three sides chasing the top four at the moment. No, you can say that again. You know, it's, it's, it's not a race, is it? It's a, it's a know, jog. Paul Pogba's walking and he's in the lead. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think perhaps a draw is the, is the most likely outcome. But yeah, Manchester United really, really need, you know, need a, a performance on yeah, Sunday. I think they finally need the, to step the stakes, up. The stakes are, are big for, for Manchester United and for a lot of the players as well because they'll be playing for a place next, next season, potentially, you think. They raised their game in the uh, at the bridge, United, because I didn't think they were playing particularly well before that. I think they mm. do that with Chelsea. There's a kind of uh, there's a rivalry between the fans as well, and I think that it, it seems to to stoke the players up. I always get Im- impressed by how United seem to go up a notch, um, which they, sh- they shouldn't need to really because it's a, it's such a, a good traditional um, top game. But um, I'm. Uh, I, I'm, I personally think that, uh, I said earlier in the show, that if United play as with as much energy as they played in the first half against City, um, mm. which I thought they were they were impressive in the first half, they they, they really put it in City's faces, mm. then I think that they'll they'll take Chelsea to the cleaners, actually. I think they'll score two goals. And whether, really? whether in yeah. fact, they'll make, manage to sustain that into the second half, um, I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm I'm feeling quite negative about it personally. I think. They've 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 looked very very poor poor going behind uh, is, is the only thing. So yeah, I mean if if Chelsea score early, then you wonder you know what kind of reaction Manchester United are going to well, give. Similarly, because... I think if if it was two nil and Chelsea then scored, I think it might end up a draw actually. Yeah, um, yeah. But I like you mentioned that you mentioned the game at, at Stamford Bridge, and that's I was thinking about that earlier, and it seems like an absolute different world and I know it wasn't that, that long ago yeah. but it does absolutely seem completely different you know that, that Manchester United team were off an incredible run and the energy the positivity there was nothing um, you know that seemed to be able to get in their way so I think it is a very very different occasion this time round um, and yeah, like you say, the, the pace, the energy of, of the Manchester United counter-attack is the, is the only thing that might give give the United fans some hope uh, that, that they could they could get they could get something this weekend. But you know, it's uh, it's trying times. Trying times indeed for both clubs, Jack. And as you say, it's a massive occasion for both of them. Thanks ever so much for your time. Lovely to speak to you. Jack Ranson there of BBC Manchester. Talking of a need for pace, for power, for directness. Liverpool are showing all of that in the Premier League as we speak. They're 2-0 up. They're cruising against Huddersfield. And it looks like they could add a couple more updates for you from that of course throughout the show and coming up we've heard the United line on things but how how should Chelsea approach the game this is love sport Chelsea fan show here on Love Sport Radio. I said there could be another Liverpool goal and there was one immediately. It's Liverpool 3, Huddersfield 0. Boo! Mo Salah getting it. He's now got 20 Premier League goals, two seasons running. But he is, of course, a one-season wonder. Liverpool looking very, very comfortable. Quiz, and a cheat. The quiz, the quiz, cheat. Oh, you want the quiz? The quiz. We know the quiz now. Yeah, but well, should we do the quiz now? Where, where are you nominally from? I don't know. Moment? It's a strange from Barcelona. Yeah, no, okay. no, I don't know. He's not nothing. No, it's a kind of squeaky somewhere voice. He's just weird, mate. <laughs> Haven't you figured that out yet? Surely not. Yeah. Surely uh, okay, not. I'm going to do the quiz um, because uh, then we can concentrate on talking about um, United versus Chelsea this uh, Sunday. 
Um, uh, just to tell you a little bit, actually, because we, we had, as always, a great little response from people. Um, as always, Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army, or also known as the lovely Mark, I think pretty much got a full house. Uh, Phil James was first to respond. I think he got a full house as well. Uh, it's very impressive. Yeah, it, it was. I've got to be honest, um, the, the easier one than normal because this is fresher in the memory. Mm. Uh, just it to doesn't rem- go back to 1960. No, exactly. I mean, just to remind people, who are the last 10 Chelsea players to score against Man United? <laughs> so you don't have to go too far back. Plus the fact, if you want to cheat, it's pretty easy to find out True. the answer. Whereas, but our listeners would never cheat, I, Chich. I, well, I, I don't know. I would. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, I already Because Mark's asked me one back, and I've been cheating while I've been talking to you and Jack and people trying to find the answers. Dastardly. So I'm basically a cheat. You know, I'm just a professional, mate. Uh, anyway, the answers are, uh, and I'm going to do this not necessarily in game, order but uh i'll try and keep it in game order uh the most recent is antonio rudiger well it could be barkley actually but anyway antonio rudiger and barkley both scored in the 2-2 in october barkley was last minute yeah so there you go barkley was the lo- is the most recent then uh and this is where it gets complicated because eden hazard uh is one of the 10 but he's actually scored one two three goals in that time frame so it's quite telling isn't yeah it? <laughs> i mean he scored he scored in the cup final of course in 2018 he scored in the 4-0 in 2016 and he scored the only goal in the 1-0 in 2015 william scored in february 2018 in the 2-1 in the 2-1 defeat up at old trafford maratta scored the only goal in the 1-0 win uh, in November 2017. And Golo Kante, he scored, of course, in the, the only goal in the FA Cup quarterfinal in 2017. And he also scored in the 4-0, wonderful 4-0, uh, against uh, Jose team, wasn't it, as I recall? We absolutely embarrassed them that day. Uh, that was October 2016. Pedro also scored in the 4-0, as did Gary Cahill. And uh, Diego Costa scored in the 1-0 in February 2016. And finally, Didier Drogba, uh, equalised, I believe, from a wonderfully offside position in the 1-1 in October 2014. Mm, it's so quite a list. Yeah, good. But, well, well done, Chad. Chelsea but, Chad is now doing the quizzes. It's much better. But who played for both United and Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, uh, we've moved go on. Go back to the podcast we did about six months ago and you'll find the answer to that. Oh, Amazing. Okay. It hasn't changed then? No. Oh, okay. No. Still Lukaku. Yeah. Just, uh, just him, was it? Lukaku, Ma- uh, Matic... Um, what? Do, who was that? Uh, Donerkey. Mal Donerkey. Yeah. Good shout. Paul yeah. Parker. Uh, yeah, Paul Parker. Yeah. But that. we've done that one. Yeah, we have, we have. We've we done have. that one. Well, I now got it right, though. I know. You, if you yeah. went back and listened to it, you could get, you'd actually get all of them right. You'll probably find <laughs> The big question, of course, is who will be the next goal scorer for Chelsea against United? Do you think we'll see one at the weekend? No. You're really negative this week, Jonathan. Yeah, completely. You're having absolutely none of it. No, no. You're going to get battered. going to lose 3 0. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, no. Mate, you should, you know what you should have done? You should have had a sound bed of the Smiths. Heaven knows I'm miserable yeah. now. I mean, we've got Jack on there. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about United from a United perspective in such a negative frame. Oh, hang on. If, if you want Jack being sad, to be fair, I've Is had... Is he just a, a typical mank then? <laughs> no, no, no. He's a cheery guy. He's a lovely guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah. But he... Also, his big role is he runs the BBC's The Wanderer podcast for Bolton. And he's come on and talked Bolton with me before. And because that is a really oh, well, sorry yeah, state of affairs, sad, we're seeing that they yeah. could go out of existence in the next couple of weeks. tomorrow, though, aren't they? Well, if they can if persuade the players, the players strike, to turn yeah. up because they're striking, because wow. they've not been paid. No. And when he was talking about that, I tell you, I was almost in tears. Wow. There you go. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. You're very negative, old fruit. The tears of a clown. 
Well, okay, if you prefer. Um, um, am I negative? Strange man. Uh, yeah, no, um, no. Am I negative? No, you are I'm negative. We're going to get beaten through now. No, we will. I don't see us winning any of the games in the last But you're not negative. You, we, no, no, not necessarily. Well, how I'm can that po- not I'm be negative? I'm positive about the team most That's a the double time. negative then. Yeah, but I just... Don't, Two wrongs I, don't make a right. Chelsea mate. is so bad, they come back in at the other end of good, perhaps. Yeah, but also I think if they then win, I won't be disappointed. Oh, I see. Well, look... I, I, I'm going to go back. Uh, funnily enough, what Jack said, even though he sounded even more negative than Jonathan, I, I'm with him on that. I think I think we will draw. I think it'll be a you know it'll be a score draw. I just can't bring myself to say that you know no matter how poor United are, we've just been so poor away from home uh, this year, especially against the top six, uh, that I can't see us winning, and that's that's quite depressing in itself. I tell you what, we need to do if we are going to win though. Uh, hopefully that they will play De Gea in goal, uh, yeah, and we so ju- we need to be shooting from, from everywhere. everywhere and anywhere, whatever angle. Whenever we get the ball in our own penalty yeah. box, we need to go shoot. But then if he plays Kovacic, that's not going to hit well, the corner flag. You know, even a broken clock. Even if he right Jorginho, it's unlikely he'll have many shots. But I do think they need to shoot. I certainly also do think we we have got to not play Hazard in the false nine. It's just, but also it's just he, well, he mustn't play Higuain. Then. Do it. Why doesn't he ever bring Higuain and Giroud on together? Because he plays four. Four, I almost went about four three three. Almost went a bit Mike Bassett then, but uh, <laughs> whoops, we got a dump button. It's all right, but no, I mean because he won't, he won't change. But I, I, I would play Giroud because Giroud will cause, uh, I think, uh, uh, Smalling havoc. and yeah. Jones, you know, trouble. Yeah. But actually, the person who will cause United most trouble is Hazard, cutting him from the left and absolutely exposing Phil Jones for the useless lump of lard that he is frankly yeah, that's, true, that's what we need to do and i i think they need you know this is i think the whole uh you know outcome depends on the mentality that sarri brings to it sarri's got to set this team up to win and attack united you know they are as weak and vulnerable as we are at the moment i would say even arguably even more so but he doesn't seem to be able to do that with teams he doesn't look at teams vulnerabilities very well he seems very obsessed with playing the way that he wants to play yeah i know and it's, of course, not just United he's got to worry about because there is also the small matter of Eintracht Frankfurt <gasps> on the horizon in the Europa mm. League. They're a team who don't have very many frailties and do have some serious now, attacking strength of their own. Firstly, I think we'll win. Do you? Yeah. So you're being positive now, Jonathan? Yeah, because we're playing in the Europa League and we seem to do whatever. He'll, he won't choose the strongest side. And therefore? And therefore they will play with more freedom and they'll get a result. Um, I, I hate to disagree with my honourable friend. <laughs> Surely not. But uh, yeah, I think this. I think the Frankfurt match is a way tougher match than the United match. Yeah, but I still think that they'll get through it well, because he'll I'm play. So sure. He'll play a team of. He'll play a different side completely. Well, I'm not so sure. And okay. the reason I'm not so sure is that, as always in in Europe, uh, Frankfurt have had another day more to recover. They, they. I think they play her to Berlin. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon in the Bundesliga. Oh, I don't think it's about recovery. They'll but be I, players playing on for us. I know. I mean, in a game I, I, we won't I have played at all on point. Sunday. Yeah, but the, the salient point is that they've got they've got Rebic, who's that uh, Croatian, who's Rebic. very very good. Luka Jovic. Luka Jovic, who's the most sought after striker in Europe, yeah. who's on fire, who could make mince meat of Chelsea. But also, they are a very attacking side. They will be without doubt the best side we've faced so far in the Europa League, and most of them have been pub pub teams. Let's be honest. They're a, they're a good side. They're fourth in the Bundesliga and they're a very attacking side. And their ethos seems to be, particularly when they uh, go away from home, we're just going to try and score as many goals as we can. We don't, I mean, like Benfica, they lost 4-2. But they didn't care because they got two away goals, got them back at home, 1-2-0. 
It was very, very impressive. Yeah. And it's two frightening fixtures oh, good for sign. Chelsea. It's no, that I'm point. not frightened by Antwerp. You're just worried. Well, you're not worried no, about No, I'm not worried at all. It's just contrary. Well, let's find out just how worried or not worried you are, Jonathan, because it's that time of the show where I have to ask you for your score predictions. United and then the first leg against Frankfurt. United, we're going to lose 3-0. And Frankfurt? We're going to win 2-1. OK. And Mr Chidge, what are you saying? Uh, I say one all between United and Chelsea. And I say 2-0 to Frankfurters. Oh, dear. Well, they're disagreeing with each other and neither of them is wholly positive. But perhaps in a week's time, we'll be sitting here with two Chelsea wins under our belts. You'll have to join us then on the Chelsea Fan Show. da da, da. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.